Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is goo. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. Live long and prosper. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. He is the sword swinging back to the anvil that birthed it. One quarter of the beehive. It's Bill Benton! Yeah! Bill Benton! Hey, Todd. Hey, hey buddy. It's good how to you see doing? you. It's good to see you, man. How you been? I'm good. It's good to see you. You got this. You Did you have this big rocking beard last time I saw you? It was last only, time I like, don't think so. Okay. No. It's it is that is luscious, sir. That I, is that I is must say nice the same beard. for you. You're looking looking <laughs> scruffy over there, looking good. Yeah, the mustache is becoming a bit of a food goalie, however. So I'm gonna have <laughs> I'm gonna have to do something about this. But yeah, man, that's cool. What uh what have you been keeping busy with uh, besides your kids, wife, job, house, mortgage? <laughs> oh man, everything, everything. Yeah. Like it's, um, so my job has been, everything's been great there. Luckily, um, I've been able to work from home throughout everything. Right. So that's great. been great. Um, yeah. And especially because, you know, we have our now two month old daughter, Juno. It's been um, two months already. Jeez. I know. How old and is Milo um, again? He's got to be uh, like four. 17 or 18. No, no he's four. Yep. And he's like, he's huge, man. He's like the size, like averages, like he's like the size of like a six year old. Oh my God. (laughs) He's a big, he's a big guy. Um, but he's been doing great with her. Um, but, but yeah, take it on the the big big brother role. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. He was kind of, he didn't know how he didn't know what to think of it before, um, Gino came and, uh, as we got closer, he got more and more excited and um, he's just been all over. He, he, he loves her so much. So it's really, uh, it's amazing to, to watch. Oh, that's great. Uh, speaking of uh, amazing things to watch, when I spoke with your <laughs> wife uh, back, uh, this has been back a few episodes now, uh, but she mentioned that, uh, that Milo actually watched a little bit of Star Trek with her. Is that right? Did he, yes. did he end up watching it with you? Um, no, he did not. Um, okay. He did watch it with her though. And it's kind of funny because you've got your typical kid stuff that he'll watch, like your Paw Patrol and and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And I actually got him to watch. There, there's some like live action stuff he'll watch, mm-hmm. um, especially if there's like a CGI character like involved. So like he's been big into Sonic lately. So um, uh, he really liked watching that. Um, yeah. He's watched some Star Wars stuff with us. Cool. Um, yeah, and then he watched. Uh, I got him to watch national treasure and he ended up loving it i don't know oh. why like that movie resonated with him out of the other like live action things i've tried to to watch with him um Nick, but he was nicholas cage absolutely. is going to be his indiana jones and that's yes. and that's great and that's and that's great that's <laughs> yeah. great and it's um he absolutely loved that but yeah he watched he watched some of that with with us and um 
he really enjoys it. I, he loves, um, you know, spaceships and aliens and all that, all that stuff. So yeah. he's on the right path. I think. Have, have you introduced him to, I, I was talking with somebody uh, not that long ago about the movies that I grew up on and the Herbie movies were a big one. The love bug, Herbie goes bananas, Herbie goes oh. Monte Carlo, those old. Yeah. Yeah. Have, uh, were those, were those in your, in your viewing as a kid? Do you, uh, intend to show those to Milo? Those are a lot of fun. <laughs> They're not space or alien themed, sure. but they are a lot of fun. See, and I, th- I think he would love that type of comedy, that type, those type of movies. So yeah, I was never huge on any of that. You know, I've seen the love bug. Um, love I don't think I've seen even half of the, the Herbie movies, but, um, but yeah, I would definitely watch those with him. I think it was kind Absolutely. of it, they, those had to be the inspiration for cars, at least a little bit, <laughs> at least a little bit. Those you are, could those probably are find some trivia where there's been like some Easter eggs. There's got to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would be so disappointed if there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a really missed opportunity. Well, uh, so you're big. You're sci-fi fan. You're a fanboy. Yeah. Fair to yep, say. Absolutely. But is Star Trek like top of the list? Is it middle tier? Is it bottom of the bottom of the barrel? Like where is where does that stack for you? Um, I would say fairly high. I'm not. I would not call myself a Star Trek super fan. Okay. Um, I, I love the Star Trek stuff that I've seen since. I mean, ever since I was a kid, my yeah. dad got me into sci-fi. Um, so nice. uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, all that kind of stuff. Um, sure. Some movies I probably shouldn't have seen as early as I did, um, like <laughs> you know, The Thing and, and whatnot. Nice. Um, but yeah, so the Next Generation was the one that that probably still resonates with me the most. Okay, Good. Um, I was going to say we're roughly about the same age, so I imagine you're a next gen kid. Yep. Yep. And that's, so when I think Star Trek, um, the first, the very first thing that comes to mind is the next generation, because that's what I grew up on. I went and saw, um, a couple of the movies in the theaters with my dad. Um, and so I I was very lucky that he was, uh, he was a pretty big nerd and and like to, to, to share that with me. So I can't wait to, to pass it on to my kids, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have any, uh, favorite characters or favorite episodes out of next gen that uh that you can point to and be like ah that one you don't have to like know the name of it or anything but like oh it's the one with the guy from the place and does the thing (laughs) (laughs) um i really liked um for some reason i i cannot remember is it whoopies whoopi goldberg's character Um, yeah yeah yes 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 and so she had a run on there for a little bit Mm -hmm. and and I really enjoyed her character on there. Um, I would say my absolute favorite, though, um, that's going to be tough. I think I would have to go with LeVar Burton. Um, cool. LaForge is just, just, was just always just a very cool character for me. Yeah. Um, just anytime he was on screen, I just really enjoyed it. So I, I'd say he'd probably rank up there as probably my, my favorite character from, um, from the show. Nice. Yeah. I was, you know, cause I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of next gen kids do where it's just like, Oh, Picard's Picard's awesome. And Deanna Troy's super hot and that whole thing. <laughs> but I've been struggling to find like, who was my favorite character on next gen? And I think I finally said, I think I'm a Will Riker guy. Okay. He, okay. he was all, he was, he wasn't 
like if you if you subscribe to the notion that uh in terms of writing and storytelling mm-hmm. the characters of wesley crusher will Riker, and jean-luc yep. picard are actually three stages of the same person i always dug will Riker because he was the student of picard but he was also the mentor of wesley and right. he he was super cool right okay he had he had i mean picard obviously you know classically trained british actor has an amazing voice and has done and has done very well with just his voice in animated things uh since next gen um yeah but right but Riker had that deep baritone of all hands brace for impact <laughs> and, you know oh yeah just he oh man it's yeah Riker. I, I, think, I think Riker might be my guy yeah i can understand that i thought Riker was great um and then uh you know wheaton as as crusher um i you know thought he was amazing in that role too um yeah and i'm just trying to like i don't know i think it's just really that main everything about the main cast i was gonna say um, it's hard because the entire cast is really good <laughs> Yes, they they really are absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, um, I think Michael it's... Dorn is Lieutenant Worf, of course. Yeah, was great. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, LaForge being my favorite, mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty it's a pretty stacked list, and it's all yeah. pretty close. <laughs> um, so, had you had yeah. much experience with Enterprise specifically? Because I imagine with Next Gen, you probably also watched at least a little bit of Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't, I never really, I don't think I ever made it all the way through Enterprise. Um, I would absolutely be up to, to do that now. Um, I do, I love Scott Bakula. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was a big fan of Quantum Leap. And so, so, you know, I, it was just always one of those things. It was a little bit later, started in 2002, 2002. And um, yeah, it was just kind of in my periphery. Uh, there were certainly episodes I know I've had to have seen over time, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I just, again, a good, a good cast. Um, I really liked several of the crew members, but it was just never, I couldn't tell you a whole lot about Enterprise. Yeah, this one, I didn't, of course, I, I don't think my Star Trek fandom really surfaced until, oh, probably within the last 10 years, probably. I mean, mm-hmm. I've always, I've always really liked star trek and of course i'm a next gen kid i enjoyed the kelvin timeline movies um Mm -hmm. the original cast the next gen movies enjoy i've enjoyed plenty of the shows and uh yeah it's all been great but i I don't i don't you know wouldn't consider myself a huge trek fan but here more recently i guess i don't know i feel like there's a sense of I mean, I think we've done a good job uh, on this show so far of like not really holding back our feelings in regards to other fandoms. Like if people are huge on Star Wars, by all means, be a huge fan of Star Wars, yeah, you know, definitely. Marvel, DC, Battlestar Galactica. It, if you're Doctor Who, if you're a fan, go for it. That's your thing. Great. Um, but with this, I feel like there is still sort of a little bit of a maybe even internally just a little bit of a star wars and star trek are separate and i feel like that i feel like star wars focuses more on the fantasy aspect whereas star trek is more geared towards science and exploration and then the notions of what we could be as a species in 
our ventures forth in life, maybe, and, and maybe hopefully the galaxy someday, but like <laughs> all of that stuff tends to be more realistically driven. Like I yes. maybe realistic, I realistic ideology, <laughs> like that's kind of where we want to go. Whereas Star Wars is just kind of, um, and I don't mean to demean Star Wars at all. I, I love Star Wars, but it's kind of more fanciful. And the journey, the journey is more within than without. Like it's more learning about yourself and your relationships with the people who you are closest to. Yes. As opposed to Star Trek, where it's let me understand this other person. And by understanding this other person, I actually have a better notion of myself. So it's kind of Star Trek journeys outwards, whereas Star Wars journeys inwards. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And I, and I think a lot of that is because, you know, Star Trek is going to be more based, more it is ultimately more grounded in reality because of the, the references it makes to earth um, sure. and, to to history and um i've and i think that's why and i think me and you have even talked about this uh before where with as i got as i've gotten older i've come to appreciate star trek more because of those themes and those things that um that make star trek what it is and so while i still love star wars and i love that um you know, the, the journeys that the characters go through, um, both internally and externally. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm really with you there because because when I think of Star Trek, I do think of the um, the science. I think of the exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got uh, so many episodes where, or so many different, there's so many different things in Star Trek where, you know, you're saving the whales. Um, sure. and, and I've always actually really appreciated that about it, but I've just come to appreciate it way more as I, as I've gotten older and kind of, um, evolved, evol- not evolved, but, um, as I've kind of developed my own, um, yeah. beliefs and, I, and things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. I feel kind of, I feel that Star Wars just to maybe reiterate and expand, is you know for younger kids and for for people who are i mean i say younger kids making it sound like oh star wars is for little kids but star trek's <laughs> for adults that's not what i mean <laughs> but for folks who maybe don't have a very strong sense of self or who are just developing that sense of self at whatever age it comes i feel like star wars speaks more to that type of person where once you journey with those characters for so long, you start to, some of that stuff starts to, starts to solidify within yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you identify with the characters so much, be it Luke or Han or Chewie or R2, whoever <laughs> it is, you end up going with them on that journey and sort of feeling what they feel, but learning what they learn. And you kind of, in your own way, integrated into your own personal databanks, as it were. And it kind of helps shape you a little bit. And then once you get, once that person becomes solidified and now, okay, now we're start, now we're kind of ready to bounce off of other people and see what's going on here. And then, you know, that gets you into, you know, going, be it to school or to work or, you know, just out in the world in general and interacting socially when we were allowed to interact socially. Um, But that kind of, lets you transition that fandom over into something like star trek where now we're seeing now we're learning the lessons of like hey b12 
be respectful of other people's stuff. You don't know what their beliefs or their practices entail. And your dog going to the bathroom on one of their trees might be <laughs> sacrilege to them. So that's important to know and, and to understand and respect. Yes. And so maybe, maybe that's the, maybe that's the point. I don't know. Um, this episode specifically, what did you think just off the bat before we get into the recap? Oh man. So this episode, I, I loved it. I actually really, really liked this episode um, because of the themes that it was dealing with. And because of um, just because of because seeing the characters react mm-hmm. um, to to that to that force, um, I, don't, I don't know. There's there's just something about it. And I guess we can get a little deeper uh, here in a minute into it. But um, I've always been very very interested in um, human psyche and just uh, how our brains work and things like that. And so the, an episode like this, um, it's you know this isn't the themes represented in this episode aren't um, or the things that happen in this episode aren't uh, necessarily anything new. Um, it's it's already been you know it's already treaded ground um, even by you know Star Trek itself. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love absolutely. it. This is one of the themes that, that anytime it comes up, I really am excited to see how it's handled. Oh um, sure, yeah. Uh, whether that be through uh, science fiction or horror or or otherwise, um, and there's there's a lot about this episode that was really funny. Um, yeah. but at the same time, there is, uh, an insidious feeling that you, that you get, oh, yeah. um, especially, you know, as it, as the, the episode goes on. So yeah. overall, I, it, it hit a lot of the notes that I really like in the story it was telling. Yeah. Everybody's little nuances really, it really get brought to the surface mm-hmm. and in some funny ways, honestly. Uh, but then those things turn kind of dark pretty quick yep, absolutely. <laughs> to, a, to a point where, I mean, I, you know, trying to put myself in, um, into Paul's, I almost said shoes into Paul's <laughs> jumpsuit. Um, if I, if I were her, that'd be damn near terrifying. Just walking around a ship by yourself when just nothing but like limp lifeless bodies just yep. strewn about. <laughs> that's, that's kind of, it's weird. It's freaky. Like, so man, yeah, I enjoyed this one that kind of, brought back some feelings from uh the episode dead stop which we actually the episode that we covered is available now it's episode 25 uh that i did with andy cummins where it's they show up at this station that just automatically repairs them and it fixes everything but the hidden cost is one of their crew members that they actually abduct and replace with a with a with a replicate And they're using that crew member's brain as part of the computing power for the station. It's just like, yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, you get lulled into that sense of, you know, the clean line. Max, you can't chew that thing so loud. (laughs) If you're going to be in here, you got to be quiet. Max, take it, take it, go sit on the couch. Good boy. It's like me talking to my son. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, so that particular episode of Enterprise is structured like some of your more psychological thrillers Mm -hmm. uh, because of the paranoia inducing elements where you're lulled into this false sense of security by all the clean lines and the, you know, starkness, the stark white hallways of this 
ship and then it turns out oh and we're just using bodies as our computer <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> but i think star trek does a, a really does that really well of mm. sort of turning things on its head so without further ado let's get into this week's recap spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert UPN Wednesday, a mysterious disease paralyzes Enterprise. Captain Archer, your crewmate is dying. Do you understand? The captain has only one chance to save them. Someone needs to pilot Enterprise. I'm in no condition to fly a starship. We have no other choice. Enterprise decides to explore a unique black hole nestled within a trinary star system. Whatever that means. Cruising at impulse, it will take a few days to get there, freeing the crew up for other activities. Archer uses the chance to work on the preface for the book about his father and also asks Trip to look at the captain's chair on the bridge. Meanwhile, Hoshi volunteers to help in the galley. Reed begins work on some new shipwide security protocols and Doc Phlox treats Travis for a mild headache. As the days pass, the crew starts obsessing about their selected tasks. Their behavior is also affecting their interactions. Reed and Trip nearly come to blows and Doc Phlox sedates a frustrated and non-consenting Travis to perform an invasive medical test. The situation becomes so acute that T'Pol, who remains unaffected, easily notices that everyone is behaving oddly. There's something different. Don't tell me. Her investigation into the cause reveals that a peculiar form of radiation emitted from the black hole is the underlying cause. She determines that it will take two days to reverse course and leave the radiation field. Meanwhile, the entire Enterprise crew has fallen unconscious. <laughs> T'Pol finds an alternate path, but it will require piloting Enterprise closer to the dangerous black hole, and she cannot navigate the treacherous field and pilot at the same time. T'Pol wakes Archer with a cold shower and hot coffee. Thanks. I needed that. Enough that he's able to take the helm anyway. He's sluggish on the stick, and as they near the exit, a large crumbling asteroid blocks Enterprise's path. Reed's obsession created an automatic tactical alert that automatically kicks in and brings all defensive systems fully online, thus allowing T'Pol to blast the asteroids with the fully charged phase cannon and Archer to fly them to safety. Well, do you obsess over anything? I mean, I imagine, I imagine having little kids, you kind of have to watch them obsessively. Cause I mean, as they get older and bigger, they start walking around and sometimes they're like little ninjas and you just can't Absolutely. find them. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's, that's exactly what it's like. That's a very, uh, very good description, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly, uh, what, what having kids is like, it's just constantly like, where are they? Are they okay? You're checking on them. Like, like uh juno has been asleep for an hour and it's like you're you're you know checking every two seconds just to make sure she's still asleep and everything's still fine um but yeah i would say there's definitely some things that i kind of obsess over and um something i find very interesting about it is it uh it's just completely different things you know some people um it's it's kind of a spectrum some people have it worse than others um right i, I like to count things in fours which is a very strange, really? it's, it's always fours. Yeah. Or mul multiples of four and you weirdo. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know why I, I'm I really got, not I got sure. one that's, I got um, one that's along the same lines. Yeah. And it's so like, that's, that's one weird little thing about 
about just kind of when I'm obsessing over something. Um, <laughs> but then it's just a, a constant need of arranging and rearranging things. Mm. Um, it's like, no, I don't it, like you, in your peripheral vision. It's like, no, that's not right. That's not right. So you, you have to adjust as well. Just, I guess, to be comfortable, comfortable in my environment. But then there's the other side of it too, though, where um, there's some things that you want to care about, but then you kind of, you kind of end up um, pushing them off to the side. It's very strange. I don't know what that is, Yeah. Um, but just like, so with my room here, um, I, you know, will you know, pick it up as best I can. And then we keep Legos in here so that, uh, you know, you know, can't get to them easily. And oh, yes. then Milo makes a, makes a mess with them or whatever. And then like my brain just wants to ignore that that's there for a minute. You know what I mean? Because when <laughs> I go pick it up, it's just going to be him dragging the same stuff back out, yep. which is fine. He's a kid. He should play with those Legos as much as he wants. Um, but there's like just sometimes you're so focused on these other things that you end up pushing other stuff off to the side, uh, mm. either through ignoring the thing or, or, um, or, you know, what have you. Um, oh, but sure. yeah, so, so you, to answer your question, yes. There I, are uh, things I definitely obsess over. Yeah. I, <laughs> the, the car stereo volume level, it's either gotta be increments of two increments of five, um, or at least a number that divides evenly. So you run the gamut, really? A little bit. A little. Okay. Bit. Okay. Because usually, usually you're like an even or odd person. Um, I, I do. I think I do. I think I do prefer it to be even. But in a pinch, especially if I've got other people who are like, "Oh, I want it here," I'll <laughs> go up one or down one. Especially, you know, with a digital display where it shows like the exact level right. that your volume's at. I was like, okay, if, you know, <laughs> if I don't move it down one, I won't be able to sleep. <laughs> but also it's so funny with this show, when I send the notes to people, I've gotten some feedback of like, wow, these are super detailed and they look great and really professional. And I'm just like, oh, let's, I hope my boss doesn't hear this. My work isn't that great. <laughs> And of course, I'm sure my wife would just be like, really? You can organize these notes about a sci-fi show that's 20 years old. You can't pick up your socks. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> been there. I have been there. <laughs> um, so of the things that the people start obsessing over on the ship specifically, which one were you? Was there one or more that was kind of like, oh, I totally feel you on that? Is there anyone that you identified with more? <laughs> um, oh, let me think about it. Let me think. Because uh, there were a couple of couple of good ones. I think my favorite was probably um, Hoshi's with the recipe. Oh yeah. Um, and I think <laughs> I think my wife had even said something about cooking uh, on her episode. Um, but yeah. I'm the person that's always following the recipe, uh -huh. and uh, and so I, I definitely understood what she was going through there. Uh, and, and it was great. I really liked hers too, because, you know, it dealt with, um, you know, a, a dish that meant so much to her. Yeah. Um, and you know, as the, um, uh, linguist, she, she was involved, she's involved with like linguistics and stuff. Right. So yeah. Yeah. She's a comms um, officer. Yeah. So, so I think that was all, that was all a, a good choice, um, story-wise for her. And, and I definitely related to it in terms of really just wanting 
the thing had to be precise. Now I'm not going to mm-hmm. throw the food out and start all over again. <laughs> That's perfectly good food. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I definitely, I definitely could, could still understand that though. Um, yeah. I was looking at, cause I think when experimenting in the kitchen is definitely one of the ways the wife and I enjoy, like to enjoy our weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done that, uh, especially now when we're doing our comic book brunch, uh, club, um, we've had a lot of fun with that but in terms of like a personal project that only you can do and i was really fascinated with trip adjusting the captain's chair and i was like you know again legos like if i had had legos i'd have started just as i'm watching i'd start building like well it should look like this (laughs) but yeah i Um, I totally get that and you know going back to what you said about hoshi um and what Kat and I have been doing on our weekends with the uh, comic book club brunch, we actually this past weekend did a recipe from my childhood. We've been tinkering around with different types of waffles and different, uh, you know, gluten-free, cool. dairy-free type options. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that is kind of big here in the South, uh, for listeners who don't know or may have forgotten, we're in South Carolina here. So uh, we're, you know, just South, uh, you know, we're, we're not, Deep, deep south. Although, well, depends on what. Well, it depends on what area of South Carolina you go to. <laughs> it's true, very true. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, there tends to be a lot of Northerners who have moved down here, like my parents did, and so they brought a lot of those recipes and stuff with them. One of the things that my mother brought was Pennsylvania Dutch chicken and waffles. I love chicken and waffles, and you can I, you can go anywhere and chicken and waffles. Same. It's always good. Um, but the way it's typically done here in the quote unquote in the South is usually a bread and fried chicken breast and two waffles. and You basically have a taco. That's basically right. what it is. But Pennsylvania Dutch chicken and waffles is shredded chicken in chicken gravy drizzled like poured okay. over. Waffle. Okay. And you have my attention. Yeah, it's it is absolutely delicious and all i could think to tell my wife was basically what i just recounted and she was like okay well we'll have to do x y and z and this that and the other thing and um it's fun because we don't have that recipe all i have is that memory of you know being a kid and mom making chicken and waffles this way that was chicken and waffles that was all i knew of chicken and waffles until i became an adult and then everybody was like, oh, chicken and waffles. I was like, yeah, I'll have some of that. And it would come and it would just be like a chicken breast on a waffle. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> They're like, no, that's chicken and waffles. I was like, no, I can see that it's chicken and waffles, but that's not chicken and waffles. So to be honest with you, I'll take them pr- pretty much any which way. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I'll take them, I'll t- you know, happily take them. <laughs> exactly. Like that. Um, but no, no. Yeah, I definitely want to try uh yeah, so I definitely try try y'all's recipe. Oh yeah, we're we are For definitely sure. tinkering around with it and definitely using some different things in terms of, you know, some healthier uh, flour substitutes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, some you know chicken broth and things things like that to try to get it as close as we can. But you know, messing with the temperature so we get the gravy just right. And yeah, it's it's tricky. It's really tricky. So, uh, but we had a lot of fun doing that and I'm excited, you know, I don't want to say I'm obsessing, (laughs) although I have been looking for this for years and have never found it anywhere else. (laughs) But uh, that's one of the things I totally identify with Hoshi on that of pursuing something that means so much to you. Absolutely. It's, 
it's easy to become obsessed. I, it, you, you could easily see her becoming that obsessive without the radiation, without the radiation <laughs> sure. poisoning. Um, but yeah, man, that's, it's wild. That's wild. And then again, the paranoia and terror of being on the ship by yourself. What's, what is the, and I mean, this gets into medical histories and everything. So if you don't want to say you don't have to, but what's the, what's the sickest you've ever been? The absolute sickest I've yeah. ever been. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I have like one, I'm, I'm trying to think and I, I can't think of one specific example. When I was younger, um, I had really bad acid reflux. Um, like my, yeah. my parents had to like elevate my bed a couple degrees, however much really? it was. Um, yeah. And I was taking like, um, I think it was, I can't remember. I think Prilosec before there was an over-the-counter oh, yeah. option or it yeah. was a, you know, it was a, um, it was a pharmaceutical grade or whatever it was. I was having to take that. And so I had just like, I had lights ran down, lights ran up, lights ran every which way. And they never really figured out other than the reflux, like what else could have been causing it. Wow. And I still get some, some indigestion to this day. I mean, what, I, uh, how old were you? Do you mind me ask? Um, so I was, I can't remember exactly when it first started, but I, it was definitely like preteen. Okay. When, when all that started. So I th- maybe 11 or 12. Uh, um, but I mean, that lasted for a few years. And yeah. now I attribute my indigestion <laughs> to, to age <laughs> and, and diet now. But, um, but yeah, so there was like a period of time for a few years when I was younger when like just, just had really, really, you know, awful, oh. awful stomach pain. And it was, um, do you ever get like an ulcer we were, or anything? Yeah. Yeah. Did? Oh, okay. Yeah. A couple times. And it was one of those things where I was just scared to, to know what was going on with me at, at one point, yeah. um, you know, cause I was young. I didn't really, um, the idea of having a light ran down your throat, um, uh. <laughs> or the other way around is not <laughs> oh, a boy. pleasant thought. No, so, no, of course um, not. So I, there was definitely a, a couple points in this episode, um, uh, with, um, with flocks that flocks and Travis. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that really kind of, kind of hit me. Oh yeah. A well, little bit. Yeah. Cause, uh, my wife who works in the medical field, mm-hmm. I, she's not a nurse, but she works, you know, in the, uh, finance side, but you know, she's around doctors and nurses like all the time. Um, yeah. As she was watching flocks deal with Travis, I could see her starting to squirm a little bit of just like, Oh, this is so cringy and painful to watch. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, cause I ended up getting acid reflux in high school, but I think mine was it. I think mine was self-induced because I was playing football at the time mm-hmm. and I had such a weak stomach that if I ate anything and started working out heavily, I mean, we're talking, we're talking summer workouts in the South Carolina heat in August. It was guaranteed Davis was going to throw up. So <laughs> I did that a lot. And then I ended up, I ended up straining. I ended up like straining some muscles because I was th- vomiting mm-hmm. so hard. Uh, I ended up having to go to the hospital because I, you know, strained some organs. I was, I was throwing up so hard. Um, did you ever break a, a blood vessel in your eye? That was one that, that happened no, a couple times. No, I never did For that. Me, yeah. Did you? yeah. Yeah. That once or twice. Ooh. And it's, um, it's crazy uh, wow. because your whole, <laughs> your whole eye is just, uh, just filled you, with blood really. Yeah. But can you, can you still see out of uh, it? 
yeah i mean things are oh, things so could wild. get a little blurry i guess but um that's so i remember wild. yeah no you should still be able to see out of it but no that, yeah that happened a couple times and um yeah sorry it was just no yeah yeah just no, reminded I, me of that i remember i remember one time this was um gosh this has been a couple quite a few years ago now but we were here in the house cat was out of town i think she was out of town on business and i had gotten out of the shower um you know and i was basically uh you know, boxers and t-shirt and just going, you know, I was like, oh, I'll lay on the couch and watch something. So I'm laying on the couch kind of sideways on the couch and I feel a sneeze coming on and I, I was, okay, here we go. And I sneeze and it feels like someone took a steak knife and just plunged it right into the, my side. And no, yeah. And I'm, I was, I was freaked out to a point where, and again, I was, t-shirt and boxers i ended up calling the neighbors to like <laughs> can you come over here i might be dying <laughs> i was so embarrassed but it turns out that i sneezed so hard i cracked a rib <laughs> i'm sorry that's amazing <laughs> yeah yeah it's super silly because it was just i had to call out of work i was i was working i was still in law enforcement i was working at the detention center at the time and that whole job is is walking and dealing with inmates and you know twisting and turning you're going upstairs you might have to wrestle somebody what <laughs> whatever it is i was like i can barely move and it was it took me everything to get from the couch back to the bed and i must have laid there for <laughs> a couple of days cuz i was just like <laughs> it hurts to do anything <laughs> i remember but there was another time where because of martial arts and I, uh, you know, I lead with my left hip. So I ended up taking a lot of sidekicks on that left hip. Ooh. Apparently what happened was there was a calcium deposit that was, you know, that was growing. And apparently one of the muscle fibers that kind of spirals around your leg mm -hmm. got on top of that. So it was basically like a razor Ooh. blade and that muscle just rubbing under the it got it was under the muscle Ugh. yeah it was under the muscle Ugh. and uh at one point i was i kind of i got up one morning it was just kind of like oh my leg's kind of stiff the next morning i was like oh boy this is really starting to hurt by that third or fourth day like the weight the weight of a single bed sheet was agony and i ended up having to go get uh they gave me a steroid which i was just kind of like i don't know that i really want to do this but they're like just trust us <laughs> dummy and i was like okay so i took one <laughs> took one the next morning like they gave me i think six pills but i was like back up to speed after two pills so i was like wow whatever that was really worked <laughs> it makes me think of uh like uh, shin splints because oh. i played soccer through oh, uh, yeah. high school and with all of that running, man, and um, and yeah, so this probably wasn't as bad as that, but that just made me think of that because I just remember that awful throbbing, that stabbing pain. Oh yeah, um, in, in my legs. Um, you, we both have glasses. I know the audience can't see us, but we we both wear <laughs> glasses. Do you remember the first time you got your eyes dilated? Oh man, I don't remember how you. I had to have been pretty young, but I remember they had like the. Um, the giant sunglasses that were really just like a rolled up piece of uh black black plastic yeah, yeah whatever it was um yeah but now i don't I, can, I don't know if i remember what the experience was like the first time yeah because i was i was pushing i was 
in my late twenties, pushing 30 by the time I needed to oh, get wow. glasses. And that first time I got, I was married by then. And, and that was the first time you had your eyes dilated. That was the first wow. time I'd had my eyes dilated and it freaked me out. And I was, <laughs> I was not happy. <laughs> I was, I was, I was fit to be tied, dude. I was so glad cat was sitting there next <laughs> to me in the waiting room. Cause I was a mess. I was like, this is not fun. I don't like this. This is not fun. <laughs> Let's get into some of the stats here. This episode was written by Chris Black. Uh, his last writing was season one, episode 25, two days and two nights. And this episode was directed by Patrick Norris, whose last directing was season one, episode 23, Fallen Hero. And the guest stars are pretty slim this week. It's uh, we don't really interact with anybody outside the ship, but we've got Matt Kaminsky as Cunningham. And he's not a very well-known actor, but if you enjoy some comedic music, he provides vocals and he is also the keyboardist for the four postmen. Uh, I've listened to a couple things, but it's really kind of fun. They're not, it's a little flight of the Concordish, if I can turn their name into a, an adjective. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's what we got going on there. And this was a nondescript episode. It didn't receive much accolades other than just being on the air, which is quite an accomplishment. <laughs> I know we, we kind of talked some junk about uh, Chris Black and Patrick Norris, but getting something Star Trek on screen with your name on it is quite an accomplishment. So well done, gentlemen. <laughs> I'd, I'd count that as a win. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Bill, do you have hey. any final thoughts about this episode of Enterprise or Enterprise in general as a whole? Um, I think seeing this, um, seeing the interaction between the characters um, as things got more and more tense, I was uh, a really big fan of that. Um, and I've, I've heard that the show, like a lot of other Star Trek series, takes you know may, might take a season or two to really um find its footing or find its uh really find its identity uh oh, yeah. but i will i will say like i've i've still heard great things about it and that it ends up just being a really solid show so i, I want to go back and watch it um because when i think of um when i think of the different people that have you know been in the captain's chair mm. um really i mean Bacula definitely has like the hot dad energy, um, like the hot dad that loves to grill. You know what I mean? You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really like. He never really. I don't. I just don't think of of Bacula when I when I think of um, Star Trek captains. I mean, so I, I think I should really go back and give uh, this whole um, you know enterprise in general just a a good ones over go back and, and start from you know season one episode one and and watch through the whole thing i think i think um, you'd i think you'd enjoy it especially with the idea that this is kind of the first voyage this is our first steps mm -hmm. out into the unknown um and seeing all the things that we are familiar with from the rest of the trek franchise starting to make some appearances here i've always said part of what i love is the aesthetic the general aesthetic their uniforms are have pockets <laughs> and they are they are function over fashion and if you look at the interiors if you didn't know this was set in space you might just think they were on a really nice submarine because 
it's still kind of built like a submarine, which is kind of cool a little bit. It is neat, yeah. Well, next week, we will be joined by our good friend, Mr. Gary Horn from This Is The NWA Podcast for Enterprise Season 2, Episode 10, Vanishing Point. And if you know Gary Horn, uh, it's a pretty good chance that Vanishing Point is a Hoshi-centric episode. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Vanishing Point can be found uh, on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and of course on Paramount+. Plus. Bill. Yes. Where can people annoy you online? (laughs) Um, I don't do too much social media these days. Mm. Um, I do. I am on Instagram and you can find me at Benton with four B's. It's like (laughs) Benton. You don't say it like that. You just say Benton. That's fine. Um, But so that that's me on Instagram. And then for Twitter, um, you can also find me there at Yala Shaska, Y-A-L-L-A-S-H-A. S-K-A. Nice. And I am at Mr. Tade Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in 